Well, somebody say praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. A friend who sticks closer than a brother. Ah, glory, Jesus, Master. We're going to talk a little bit about Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 10 tonight. Woe to the person who walks alone, for when they fall, there is no one to pick them up. Ah, uh, Lord, help us today. A friend that sticks closer than a brother. We know that's talking about Jesus. Oh, but Father, all things are possible unto thee, O Lord. Grant us wisdom, Lord, this night. and Put your word in our heart, Lord. and Give us understanding, Lord. All too often, we kind of tend to want to get off by ourselves sometimes. And some people don't. Some people, they, they just got to have people around them all the time. And then some people... They kind of like me. They tend to get off by themselves a lot. I love people. But for some reason, I tend to stay off by myself a lot of times. But I have learned that not only the Lord sticks closer than a brother, but you need the fellowship of the saints. You can't just get off by yourself all the time. Because Jesus will pick you up and he'll carry you. He'll take care of you. But he'll use other people a lot of times to do these things. Proverbs 18 and 24, chapter 18, verse 24. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now this is talking about the Lord, I believe. But you could use it in many different ways. Oftentimes it tells you that a close friend is better than a distant relative. Because you've got to travel a long ways to get to them. They're right around the corner. You shouldn't abuse your friendships. I heard a man once say, if you want to lose a friend, loan him money. <laughs> I don't agree with all that too much. I mean, I believe in what Jesus said. He said, if a man asks of you, if you've got it and you're able to give it, give it. He said, if somebody has need, give it to them. But that doesn't mean that you give somebody that squanders your rent money. You know, you have to use wisdom in these things. I've seen many times when I was trying to help people and they were just taking advantage of it. But I'd rather help somebody that took advantage of it than risk not helping someone that needed the help. I've heard people say that I'm not giving that bum a dollar because he'll go spend it on alcohol. But what if the bum's really hungry and needs a hamburger? So I'd rather give him a five and take a chance that he's going to do wrong with it and hope that he's going to do right with it. You know, because I don't want to think that I passed him up and he was hungry. Of course, you got to be careful. I mean, if you're a single woman and you don't want to get up too close to some of these people because they may try to take advantage of you. But if you're a man and you got strength about you, you ought to be able to handle yourself enough to hand a guy down on his luck four or five dollars. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords, blessed Jesus. We oftentimes, we don't want to hear that part when Jesus said, and, and to him that would borrow of thee, turn not away. And if a man ask of you one mile, go two. All the time I'm wanting to make up reasons why I can't do something or think of something why I can't do something when somebody wants me to do it or this, that, or the other. And, and I have to think about what Jesus said. I mean, you can let people just run you down. You haven't got enough strength to take care of your own business. And I don't mean to do that. 
you can let people just run you into the ground and you, you got to protect yourself. But on the other hand, you also need to reach out and help people sometimes, you know, when you're able and try to be good to people. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, because Jesus said, with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. So if you're kind, the Lord's going to show kindness to you. If you're a little tight, the Lord might be a little tight with you. Ah, Lord God, Lord God, the Apostle Paul said, He that soweth sparingly receives sparingly, but he that soweth bountifully receives bountifully. Now that don't always mean money. You may go out and help somebody financially and you may receive a spiritual blessing. I remember I was trying to start a little food bank in Texas one time and blessed Redeemer. And I remember the anointing of the Holy Ghost falling over me on right in front of the church and I just fell on my knees on the sidewalk and began lifting my hands and praising him right there in the middle of the sidewalk right in front of the church, just in front of everybody. It didn't matter. We talk about the Muslims wanting to pray in the street and pray here and pray there. I wish some of us would. We've got the truth. We have the true God, the Lord God of Israel, made known in Christ Yeshua, even Jesus our Lord, whose blood was shed on the hill of Golgotha for our sins. They worship some prophet, they say, rode off on a winged horse. He didn't sacrifice anything. Now, if he did ride off on a winged horse, it was probably a devil. Oh, Lord God, Lord God. But we know the true God and His Son who He has sent. Even Christ, Yeshua, even Jesus. Tarry you in Jerusalem until you receive the power from on high which will give you strength to be witnesses for me first in Jerusalem and to the uttermost part of the earth. Jesus said again, when this gospel of the kingdom is spread into the entire earth, a man, a lone man, standing 2,000 years ago in a little town called Jerusalem, and he tells you that the whole world's fixing to hear the story of his life. Well, today we know it has. Been translated into, what, 160-something languages? They're seeking out people in lost tribes in the Amazon in different places. There's not a soul on this earth that hardly hasn't had the opportunity to hear about Jesus. Now, some people say, well, what about those that never heard? Well, Paul addressed that. He said, the man that's never heard the law, the man that's never heard the gospel, he said he will be judged by his own heart. He will be judged by the things he has done. If his life portrays the things that are in the law, that are in the gospel, then he himself is become a law unto himself. He has become judged of God judges people yeah, according to what they have, what they know. If they've never heard of Jesus, they're not going to hell because they didn't hear about Jesus. They're going to be judged by how they live their life. But trust me, my friend, it's a lot easier judgment when you abide in the grace of Jesus Christ than it is when you have to stand on your own accord. That's a tough judgment. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, for Solomon said, there is no man that sins not. Now, if you've been chastened, and I have, but the Lord chastens those whom he loves and scourges every son he receives. That's scripture, my friend. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where God, it says God pats everybody on the back because they're all so good. 
That's not exactly what he said. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God. He said the Lord chastens those that he loves and he scourges. That means whoops the daylights out of every son that he receives. And the apostle Paul went on to say, now if you receive no correction, chances are you don't have a father because every man sins. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God. And if you get better than that, the Apostle Paul at his worst day was better than any one of us. The Apostle Paul was raised up in the, the mighty way of the law before Jesus had, you know, opened his eyes. He was raised up in the right way of truth as much as he knew it by the Judea law. Now, once Christ opened his eyes, he became a better man. But in the seventh chapter of Romans, he confessed his sins and said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? But I thank God through Christ Jesus, my Lord. Now, if Paul saw himself as a wretched sinner, and that man had lived his life according to the righteousness of the law all his life, and then we walk around thinking we're righteous. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God. Job, when he saw him, he said, I am but dust and ashes. Then he realized his state. The Lord said, you think you're righteous? Gird yourself up like a man and fight. Trust me, my friend, you don't want to fight God. You best fall on your face and beg his forgiveness and call on his mercy for you, your family, every day of your life. Ah, Lord God, Lord God. But I thank my God through Christ Jesus, my Lord, because he is merciful and kind. And he is that friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is the one that walks beside you. And when he told Peter, Peter asked him, he said, how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times, because I guess that was their custom. Jesus said, no, Peter, 70 times seven. In other words, so many times that you would forget. You just have to keep forgiving. Now, if someone is coming to you and you know they're a user and you know that they're, they're not repenting, they're, when you have to forgive, it's, it's not talking about just throwing your children out there for somebody to rape and molest. or That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about when your brother's just a mess up half the time. He really don't mean to. He's, he's trying to do right, but he just keeps screwing up left and right and doing wrong all the time. But Jesus said, forgive. Just forgive. He borrows money from you all the time. Don't pay it back. Forgive. He's been known to be violent sometimes. He's but he's not really doing it intentionally. It's not like he's a snake over there waiting to bite you. He just can't seem to help himself. He's just rotten sometimes. And Jesus said, forgive, forgive, and just keep forgiving. And yet he went on to say that you resist not an evil man, but if he smites you on the one cheek, turn to him the other also. Now, I'm not saying I'm that strong. You know, these are things of perfection. It does not mean that if you can't live up to this, that you're going to go to hell. That's not what he's saying. He's telling you the perfect way of God. We see a good example of that 
whenever Jesus said, and he that marries the divorced woman commits adultery. And if a woman divorces her husband, she forces him to commit adultery. So the second marriage is considered adultery. Yet, with the woman at the well, which I touched on last podcast, it's on Facebook. I didn't send it out in the messenger because I didn't want anybody to think I was pointing fingers at him. Because I know too many people already doing this. Just moving in and saying we're married. You're not married unless you've been divorced from your... Actually, unless you've been before God and asked His forgiveness and made your vows and gotten married. And if they're still married to another person, our laws were taken from the Bible. Our marriage laws were taken from the Bible. Adultery was taken from the Bible. This was not man's righteousness. This was man understanding God's righteousness and making laws from it. Because back in the days the laws were made, some men were actually righteous. But the woman at the well had been married five times. Now Jesus had already said previously that he that marries a divorced woman commits adultery. But yet he said to her, you've been married five times and the one you have now is not your husband. So he still recognized the difference, even though she'd been married five times, that now she was just living with somebody and he wasn't her husband. So he honored or at least accepted, tolerated the five marriages, but he wasn't tolerating the fact she was just living with somebody. Now there is a difference. Now God's perfect will is one marriage, one time, and you live with them the rest of your life. But you can't, my first wife, she divorced me, took off, married another man. And after that was all done, I ended up getting married again too. And God gave me my second wife. So God can forgive these things. It's not the perfect will of God. But sometimes things happen in your life that are not the perfect will of God. But God will bring it together and he'll try to work with you and work out these things for you and keep things going. You know, I mean, just because you mess up, your wife leaves you, your husband leaves you, you're standing there, you, you need somebody, you, you just can't handle being alone all the time. And God, if you'll go through a time of separation, ask forgiveness, you know, draw close to him, seek his face. He can bring you another mate, but it needs to be someone he brings you. Because if you try to do it yourself, you'll probably just get someone that's going to leave you again. Just take off on you again. I believe God gave me my first wife. But we messed up. I know God gave him a second wife. We've been together for 30-something years. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God. But the first time, both of us were young. We made a lot of mistakes. Just stupid, can't-let-stuff-go mistakes. Arguing all the time, but finally it just didn't work out. But things happen. But when you fall flat of your face... Sometimes you need somebody else to help you back up. Sometimes that's the Lord reaching out his hand and helping you back up. Sometimes you need to be in a church assembly so that you can at least, even if they don't do a thing in the world for you, it's just having that fellowship of the Spirit. It's going to church and being around other people that believe and having that fellowship of the Spirit that will pick up your spirit and give you the strength. Excuse me. It'll give you the strength to make it through the rest of the week. But if you stay out of church all the time and you don't go to church anywhere, and I know this from experience because I've done it thinking that 
I was, you know, praying enough, and I'd visit occasionally, and I've stayed out, thinking I was praying enough to stand, and the next thing I know, I about fall flat on my face. You need that fellowship in the Spirit. I mean, even when I was a pastor and preaching, it was a fellowship of having other people around me. You don't have, a pastor needs the saints, needs the other members of the church to help hold him up just as much as you need the pastor praying for you and helping hold you up. It's the coming together of the saints. It's not just the pastor or just the saints. It's not the pastor. He might can stand longer than you can if he's called of God, and I was called of God, and I can stand alone for a pretty good long while. But after a while, I need some fellowship. But I got my feelings hurt a couple times and was trying to get fellowship and felt pushed away because I wasn't doing like they wanted me to do, I guess. I wasn't submitting completely to them. I was trying always when I go in a church, even being a pastor, minister of God, I, I still submit myself to whatever pastor is there. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to do everything that he says and just totally forget going anywhere else and totally join to there if I don't feel that's where God wants me. And sometimes pastors get mad about that because they think some pastors just think that they know everything and Lord help us. <laughs> some churches are, I hate to say it, but some of the times of anointing is there because of the members of the church and not always because of the pastor. But anyway, ah, Lord God, Lord God, sometimes we can get the big head. O oh, Lord of heaven and earth, King of kings and Lord of lords. But for the most part, most pastors I've ever met, if they're really godly men, they're, they're good people. It's, they're not bad people. They may make mistakes like everybody else. They may get a chip on their shoulder and have problems. But still, if they're God-called pastors, God's going to pick them back up and bring them. He'll straighten them out. They may be, when you meet them, they may be going through some stuff that causes them trouble. But eventually, God's going to pull them through if they're God-called. The problem we have sometimes is some of them aren't God papa, Blessed Redeemer, God of glory and grace. But I love another scripture. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God. 2 Timothy 2 and 13. Though we may be unfaithful at times, he abides faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Ah, oh, glory, the Apostle Paul said even if we were unfaithful, he always abided faithful. Even though we don't always do right. My friend, God is good all the time. And all the time, come on and say it, God is good. Lord Jesus, bless, keep you now. And remember, woe unto the man that walks alone, for when he falls down, there's no one to help pick him up. But blessed is the man who has a friend, because when he falls down, that friend, a friend loves at all times. And there is no friend like Jesus. But you also, sometimes you need a physical friend around you, just another person that cares about your well-being, so that when you fall down, he helps pick you back up. Lord Jesus, bless. Love y'all. Bless.